I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is, and I guess we would call him a serial entrepreneur, Jim Margraf. How We're going to be talking about how grandparents are using FaceTime to give their grandkids a head start at school. How can grandparents help keep students engaged in schoolwork and eager to learn more? Researchers say it's something surprisingly simple. Play with them. Studies suggest that movement activities have a highly positive influence on a child's overall physical activity and learning ability. Educational inventor Jim Margraf, known to millions of kids as the inventor of the leap pad and also the voice of the narrator, is here to share fun FaceTime activities to help our kids become better students uh, by enhancing other activities at home. He's a an, a an inventor, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, author, speaker, and an energized dad and husband. Uh, Jim holds 56 issued patents, is an Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, one of MIT's top 150 inventors, and was declared a Father of the Year by the National Father's Day Council. Welcome to the show, Jim. That's, Thank you, Catherine. Yeah. Glad quite to be a here. list. Yeah. <laughs> Father of the Year, that's very impressive. Okay, I'm a grandparent, so and as my listeners know, I'm always talking about my grandkids, a set of twins who are four, and oh, actually they just turned five, and a, another uh, grandson who's seven, their brother. So this topic really interests me. So you're saying that grandparents can stay connected with their faraway grandchildren, learn new activities, uh, it's educational, but then there's always that connection that they can maintain with their grandparents when they're living uh, far away, which is an issue, which was a big issue that came out during COVID, but uh, it's still an issue. Okay, so let's talk about that. How do you do that? Um, Long distance grandparenting. Right. Well, Catherine, you probably know what it's like to be on a a Zoom or a a FaceTime with your, your two grandkids or your three grandkids. And what I have we three. See Actually, mine live like close. This. Yeah, mine live close by, so I'm not really in that position. Okay. But I have friends who are uh, and okay. colleagues, so I know. Okay. So what we hear: a grandma gets on a, a FaceTime with Johnny, who's four, and she's all excited. She says, "Hi, Johnny. How are you? Good. What are you up to? <laughs> Nothing." At which point, Johnny, who hasn't yet developed social skills, doesn't understand how to really carry on a conversation. Is not really interested in looking at a talking face on a screen for more than a you know a minute or so. So Johnny runs off, and Mom chases after Johnny with a smartphone or a tablet, and Grandma feels upset. She feels like, gee, I don't know what to talk to him about. He does this. Maybe he doesn't love me. And me I mean, things happen. And she wishes she could do something. So how do you solve this problem? So it begins with, first of all, you need to get the attention of your grandchild. So how do you get their attention? So I'm going to talk about two solutions. One is, is on your own, and the other is involving an app we've created. That, uh, that helps you do this. But let's just say you'd like to do this on your own. So Johnny comes on, and he's, you see him on the screen. You're looking at the screen. You say, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. And you move your head out of the frame of the screen, and you fall off the screen, and you make a thump. And then you pop back into the screen. If you do that, Johnny will laugh. There's, there's no doubt. He's not seen this before. And then, and then a couple things you might try. You might, you might say, Johnny, Johnny, you have something I see on your nose. What is it? And you move towards the camera of your phone and you get closer and closer and closer until your nose is just filling the, the screen on his end. Then you pull back and he said, I got it. You say to him, he'll laugh again. 
And, um, and I could offer a, a couple more things. Let me pause for a second. So uh, am I beginning to answer your question? Yes, you're definitely answering the question. In other words, you're, well, the word movement, you talk about movement and you're playing games and you're not sitting there talking to them like you talk to an adult. And I, I think also the thing that you mentioned in the beginning, I witnessed that the other day, a friend of mine, uh, the grandparents called their granddaughter to wish her happy birthday. There was like virtually that no conversation. Happy birthday, honey, yeah. how are you? Good. <laughs> and that's, goodbye. That's right. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you, a couple other just fun things on your own, and then I'll talk about our app. A okay. couple things that you could do are, are imagine you say, hey, Johnny, and you toss up and down either a stuffed animal or a, a koosh ball, something that's fun, that grabs the attention. It's moving. You'll, you'll capture his attention or her attention if it's, if, it's, uh, if it's Julie. Yeah, you toss this up and down. And then if you get mom to help you out and you, or you send her one ahead of time, and you say, hey, can I toss this to you? And you toss it towards the screen. And if you have mom behind him and she over his shoulder, her shoulder, she tosses the, the couche and it lands in front of him. He'll have a moment of magic. And now here's what happens. He begins to start to want to play with you and, to, and, and be there with you. And, uh, and so what we've done is we've created an app to make this even easier and to guide you. So our app is something that loads on an iPhone or an iPad. It's free. You download the app. It has built-in video chat. What we've done is, is dropped in a character into the video chat. Think about a two-dimensional cartoon character called Cody. And Cody appears and says, hey, let's play. And you're, you're, projected, you're presented with a series of games you can play. Now, these aren't just games like, like checkers or tic-tac-toe, which the, the challenge of which is when you just drop a game or even a book into a video chat, what happens is if the game, the child plays the game and the grandparent sees the crown of their head or doesn't really engage with them because the child could be playing with a piece of software. So what we, what we said is we, first of all, we put a character there to make it friendly and engaging immediately for the child. The character appears, the child's interested because the character is talking at the same time on both screens. Then um, you pick a game. So I'll give you an example. One game that just it, kids from, from 24 months to seven years of age just love, very simple, is their decorate grandparent grandchild are decorating a cake together, and we put this very colorful cake on the screen. And you're both with your each of your own fingers on your tablet or phone. You're moving things onto the cake. You're spraying frosting on, or you're dropping little uh, cherries or bananas, or even dropping a, a train. And they make sound effects. You're dropping a train that goes woo woo, or a dinosaur that roars, or a ballerina that dances, and a candle that burns. You're both decorating the cake at the same time. Open-ended play. Kids will play this half an hour at a time. And grandparents like it, and the child will say, no, let me do this. And so now they begin talking about what they're doing, and you're engaged as, as, uh, as you're building this together, collaborate. Further, while you're building the cake or decorating the cake, we, we offer prompts that appear privately on each side. So we'll start with the grandparent. A little text prompt comes up and says, gee, talk about your favorite cake when you were a child. Or ask Johnny to decorate the top, and you decorate the bottom. So it gives you prompts on things you might say to spark conversation, to increase connectedness, to support learning as well we'll get to. And that's an open-ended play pattern. Uh, that's, I have to stop you there because that's a great please, idea, yeah, the yeah. idea about being able, giving the prompts to the grandparents because as you're yes. you know, telling me how this works, I'm thinking you know, there are a lot of grandparents, first of all, they are shy just in terms of using the technology anyway of being online, but uh, who don't really have – say the personality like 
I do, who can interact and, you know, ready to go, and they need those prompts. I think that's a great, I mean, that's really good for the grandparents. Um, so that's, that's a great feature. Anyway, go on. I interrupted you. Oh, thank No, thank you, Catherine. It, 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 thanks for calling attention to it, because it, it really is a question of context. If, if you put a prompt in there that says, tell me about the weather tomorrow, or what did you do at school this week, and it has nothing to do with building the, decorating the cake, the child is, is less likely to respond until you get a dialogue flowing and, and the context flows. Think about the, the mindset of a three- and four-year-old or five-year-old. So you need, to, you need to support the prompts we design are carefully designed. They're all contextual. So it relates to what the child is thinking and feeling at that time. And we always suggest follow the lead of the child. Many grandparents get on and they want to tell the child just what to do. No, don't do that here. Don't put broccoli on it. Just put this on. I'm going to... You can't do that. No. Let the child lead, lean into their lead, ask them why they're doing it, what else they like. So think about what it is that, 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 that they enjoy, and then they'll open up. So a second type of play is, is a guided play. And in this, app, this activity, we got about 20. This is uh, a rocket ride. And here you, you, both, uh, you both appear in a rocket that's mounted, pointed up, and your heads are in now tilted to the side, and you're, you're getting ready to take off to the moon. But before you take off, you, you have to build your passports. So Cody pops in and says, and with his little sidekick, Kadu, and they talk to you and they say, oh, I need a, we need a really happy face. You need a smile face like this. And they smile. And the camera counts down. You say, three, two, one, give me a smile. And the grandparent and grandchild both smile. And the photo's taken. Then they say, now give me a silly face like this. And they stick their tongue out. Well, this is, a, this is just magic because we have, we have grandparents um, uh, sending us notes saying, my uh, grandma said this note, my husband made a silly face, then started to giggle, and, and our grandchild giggled with him. I haven't seen him laugh like that in years because he was given permission to go ahead and do something just silly in a context where he just, he just let himself do it. So this, this continues on. You see the passport. Each one sees their own passport on their screen. And this is, again, a very simple app. Um, and then they take off to the moon. First, you count down. You work together to count backwards from 10. You pick colors to select to get the energy up. You take off to the moon on the way to the moon. We slow the, the music down. We quiet the music down, and we offer more prompts as you're flying towards this beautiful high-res image of the surface of the moon. You see it, and an alien goes by, spins your ship around, and then we, uh, and other things happen. A cow flies over the moon, and, um, and then you're moving towards the moon, and, uh, and a prompt comes up that says, what will it be like to live on the moon? Do you think we'll all live there together happily with peace? And it starts to talk about concepts that could be, and you explain that. Then this is a prop to the grandparent to ask his grandchild. Or what do you think it will feel like in no gravity? And suggest to the grandparent they lift their arms up and start floating. So it guides them on things to do to make it fun with all contextual, and that gets dialogue started with a grandchild. And then they get to the moon, do a moon dance and, uh, and plant a flag, take a photo session so you can take a photo of both of you in your spacesuit, ready to, to get back, come to Earth and share it with your, if you choose, share it with your parent, with parents or on social media and then return. So there's another example of a, a structured play. Jim, is there any kind of pushback that people say, oh, technology, you know, here the kids shouldn't be using technology all the time, and so then they're going to be on their iPads more than they would have been or um, – or not, uh, because this is kind of a new, it is a new concept, not only for grandparents, for teachers, too. I mean, this is really can be used in a lot of different, uh, it would seem to me, venues. But, um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, have you, is, is there that, is there a response that says, oh, they shouldn't be using technology? Yes. Yes. So, so the question comes up frequently and, uh, and for some, uh, so here's, here's the bottom line. The American Academy of Pediatrics is very clear on this. They offer specific um, recommendations on the amount of, of screen time a child under three, under 18 months, under five should use. And it's, it's pretty, pretty light. Um, it's, it's limited to hours per week, a small number, but with one exception, video chat. Video chat is not considered screen time by the American Academy of Pediatrics because you're speaking to someone else. And in that case, you're engaged with another human. And now it's a dialogue that's taking place. And what we do as well, the dialogue's there. The person's always there. You're talking together. We're just enhancing a bit the opportunity for the loved one to guide and interact with the child. So, so screen t- video chat's not considered screen time. Another question, because I know you've just, I'm not sure exactly when this was introduced, but uh, the, and uh, can you... Magic wand. What is that? That's another one of your inventions. <laughs> yes. Well, this is this is this is very exciting because we're we're coming out with a, a our second generation magic wand this fall, and here's here's the here's the problem to solve, um, and I'll tie it back to the uh, the video chat and remote grandparents too. We have a we have a reading a reading and literacy crisis in this country. We had it in the past and it's returned and it's continuing, and at coming out of COVID. Young children are set back and older kids are set back in the reading skills by up to two years. And, and, but there's some good news. Parents are more attuned than ever before to the, the, the value and criticality of reading aloud to children. And the sale of picture books has increased over the last uh, roughly five years. So uh, what we also know is that the most important thing you can do for a child's development of literacy is to begin reading to begin reading to them as young as possible a- after they're born. Sit and and pull out a book and read to them. Now, why 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 can't you just talk to them? Well, certainly we do, and some parents more than others. But reading reading is different in this manner. First of all, when your child, even at the youngest age, is exposed to this this color, the art, the pictures, the squiggly marks on a page, and you're reading. First of all, you're reading sentences. You're not speaking in the manner which, in, in an oral manner, which is less structured language, but you're speaking in structured sentences. You're using vocabulary that's most likely different than what you would use in your home, so they're getting exposure to more words. You're creating word-picture association because at the same time you're pointing at the pictures with your finger, and they're learning this, and by the time they're three and four, they're pointing. And, and as you learn to do what's called, there's a term for this, dialogic reading which really just means that you're talking about what you're seeing in the book. You're asking them questions. Um, you're asking them open-ended questions, WH questions, what, where, why, when. Um, you're asking how they're fe- about their feelings. You're putting them in the position of the characters. So this type of reading aloud is, is magical. So what we've done is said, well, we know some parents are very comfortable reading aloud, and they know how to do this well. Others aren't so good. Some are cautious about reading aloud. Some aren't comfortable. Um, and then others just have, read aloud to their kids, but they don't have time to read as much as they'd like to. So the magic wand is think of, think of uh, a Nintendo Wii, which you'd move around and react, move to check your motion. Think of like a Wii for books meets a leap pad. So the magic wand will allow you to point at, point at a book. So you'll take a book off your bookshelf. 
we'll give you a library of books online you can choose from. So you pick uh, Good Night Moon, Guess How Much I Love You, Where the Wild Things Are, Cat in a Half, so other books. You'll pick a book. It'll, you'll load it into this wand. It's, it's connected to the Internet just from our website. You know, click of a button. Then you give this to your child. They pull a book off their bookshelf, point to the cover of the book. It announces the book. They open the book. They point at a page with a wand. has this light coming out of it. And the book, the wand reads to them. Then it asks them a question. Or then they can point at pictures on the page, at words on the page, at letters. And they begin to learn vocabulary, reading. But they're playing with a book, just like, like the leaf pad. But now as they're playing, this is a device in their hand. Small, two-ounce, four-inch device with some lights on it, a speaker on it, it talks. And now this magic wand, it's a magic reading wand, is, is supporting reading aloud for the child, helping them interact, and responding to their motion as well. So if the car is the story is about driving, it might say, okay, let's pretend to drive. And they'll hold the wand in one hand, and they'll pretend they're driving, and it'll make sounds like driving sounds, spinning around a corner, tell them to turn quickly, tell them they're a great driver, um, or, or point at uh, uh, a dune buggy and say, let's paint this. Dip your wand in some paint, and they'll turn the wand upside down and dip it and swipe it back and forth. So the wand becomes a, a toy that's an imaginary, supports imagination, play, creativity, all in the context of reading aloud. I have to ask you, how did you come up? I assume that it wasn't only you. You have a team, um, you know, in terms of doing the research and how you uh, create these kinds of tools. So how, well, let's take this one, the magic wand. Uh, thanks. Well, in this case, actually, um, um, I, a friend of a, a colleague, I go back a couple of years ago, a colleague of mine said, you know, you need something in the child's hand because a moving child is a learning child. So I said, okay, we won't do just the app. And we started there, but now we're moving the wand into books. And I had that idea because of the leap pad. I said, you know, parents, grandparents tell us they would like to connect, then play, and then have their grandkids learn. So first is connection. That's what's most important. Then they want it to be fun connection. Then if learning is there, that's nice. Parents said, learning, learning, learning. I want my child to learn, but it's got to be fun. And if they can connect with their grandparents, that's really nice and add on. So we said, so we addressed the parent, the grandparents issue. Then I said, if we'd like to offer something to a parent and immediately upon, we, I said, what, what could we put in a child's hand? So when the parent sees the child with this in their hands, they say, oh, my child is learning. I feel good about this. I'm doing the right things for them to help them get ready for school. And one thing popped out. It wasn't the magic wand. What, what we said is the most significant icon for learning we could put in a child's hands is a book. When a parent sees a child with a book, that and the child is engaged with that book. Three, four, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Parent says, "Wonderful. <laughs> I'm not worried about them running off into some game or a different part of the internet on a screen, and they're they're learning." So I said, "Okay, how could we use this magic wand? How could we create a magic wand that could enhance and add value to to an interaction for a child with a book and allow them to move?" Because again, I'll come back to that. But kinetic activity reinforces brain development and engages a child, increases blood flow. Uh, to their brain and and creates what's called automaticity. So all of this, I and then I said, let's make a wand, and let's let the wand be pointable at a book and at letters and pictures. I know how to do that, and we know how to make an incredible experience with plain art in a book. Having done that for 100 million kids in the past, I mean that's genius. Now I I understand how you got Father of the Year. Uh, now, now, I know also that you've established a partnership with Highlights for Children. I know that's what my grandchildren, uh, they get that, I think, what do you get it, weekly? I'm not sure if it's weekly or, or monthly, but um, talk monthly, to us about yeah. that. Yeah, monthly, yeah. 
Yes. So, so highlights uh, uh, just a beautiful um, um, company and beautiful uh, um, content. Highlights has been around for seventy-five years. Family company, and um, and uh, the CEO, a man named Kent uh, Johnson, is just a just delightful individual. Actually, at lineage from the original founders, and and their content, their content is is so strong uh, pedagogically. Uh, for instance, uh, they have a magazine, High Five, for three to six, seven-year-olds and even two-year-olds, but it's designed for the parent primarily to read and play with the child. And we said, what if we could just take that same magazine without you changing it at all? You don't have to change physically the magazine. magazine continues. We'll take a wand and we'll allow it to the child to read and to find hidden pictures and get sound effects to reinforce the teaching and the fun that you bring with that magazine already, but to now allow the child to do it with the parent and amplify it because they get sound effects and they play and discover things together or allow the child to play on their own when the parent's not there. And Kent said, love it. This is great. And their team looked at what we do. And so we have, we have, <laughs> there, there's this one story I mentioned before where, where a, a, a couple uh, pigs are driving a car and it's, it's a rhyming story. And first thing we do is say, reach your wand up and put on your seatbelt. And kids just pick the wand up and here it goes, click. And they push it down. And it goes, click, click. And then the story continues, and then we say, okay, let's pretend to drive. And there's a picture of the pigs driving. Hold your wand and drive. And literally, they hear us. The, the car is moving, or you hear sound effects. Uh-oh, drive, turn, turn, turn. And they turn and stop. And then it says, look out, there's a bear in the road. And there's a picture at that point in the story of the bear. Honk your horn. And they push a button on the wand, and the horn honks. And so it goes on from there. Movement, um, um, fun, lights flash at the right times, and, uh, and the kids engage even more and they can play um, on their own or together. So you're the expert in these educational toys. I have to ask you, so do you do beta testing on these different groups of kids? Like, what did you say, 27 months to six years old or seven years old? Um, how, how, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It is completely critical. Um, as much as we, and I have a team of experts that uh, uh, brought some, some of the best people from LeapFrog and uh, from years ago that have continued to develop this uh, over that period, you, you have to put um, your, your content, your product in the hands of children and watch them. Um, here's an example. Um, at at uh, LeapFrog, now 20 plus years ago, I, I created a, a term I called the seven second rule. And what I found was that when you put a child, you give a child the leap pad back then, you let them look at a page and they have this little stylus in their hand and they can touch things. And they touch a cat on the, on the page. And the cat starts talking. Now, remember, static art, and the cat starts talking. And the cat says, hmm, meow, I'm a cat. Oh, boy, last week I was really hungry, and I felt, at that point, seven seconds later, 14 words gone by, the child's eyes, they glaze over, and they lose interest. What happens instead is if it's seven seconds, that cat says, meow, I'm a cat. I'm hungry. Hmm, see that bird up there, the blue one? That bird up there. The child's eyes move towards the bird. At that point, they're re-engaged for another seven seconds until you re-engage them again. Cognitively, direct their eyes, keep them engaged what they see on the page. And this was a finding that was just, just amazing. I, just, I observed this empirically. I said, what's going on? Why did they disconnect? That actually applies to slide presentations for adults presenting to businesses. And, um, and there's some, some reasons, some psychology and other, other factors behind it. But having learned that, my last company um, that I founded uh, in 2013 was an eye tracking company to help people control what they see with their eyes. 
in virtual reality or augmented reality. And so we could put a headset on and you could do anything you do with your, your finger on a phone with your eyes while looking at this without dwelling or blinking and just move your eyes around. So I studied at that point the brain, the, uh, the occipital region of the brain, the flow of information from the eyes, uh, from your foveal area to the brain and how your brain processes this. And we created an interface to let you control things with your eyes. So now I'm bringing all this is my seventh company. I'm bringing all this, <laughs> this, this uh, experience back to help understand, first of all, studying the brain uh, research on reading and reading development, which is extensive in the last 10 years. We know more about what's called the visual word form area in the brain and how phonemes are developed and an understanding of words develops. So we're bringing all this brain research into physical experiences, cognitive experiences, emotional experiences for kids. And our goal is to help them learn to read so that faster and learn to read uh, better, you get to comprehension and fluency. But we want to help kids uh, also be prepared for school when they enter school. So that means resilience, resourcefulness, collaboration, uh, creativity. So all these what are called 21st century skills. So we're combining this all in a way that hopefully will lead um, our, our next generation to become, I'll just say, let's say, um, contribute to a society that moves us ahead of uh, where we are today and, and hopefully addresses many of the problems that, that we know are so severe. Well, so that's, it sounds that's like motivating yeah. me to do this. Well, you are doing it. I, it's, I mean, obviously, it's really very exciting. We only have a couple minutes left. So let's, where can we go to keep up with what the work that you're doing, uh, websites to go to so that uh, grandparents can access all of this, all of these tools that you just mentioned. And um, yeah, so give us those websites. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, the name is Kinu. It sounds like the word canoe, like you're paddling in it, but it's kin, K-I-N-O-O, and kin comes from kinship, family, and the two O's following, kin-u, um, so canoe.com, that's the website, so kin-o-o, and uh, there you'll find out more. Um, we, you, can, you can enter your names. So we'll keep you posted on availability of our magic wand that will be coming out later this year with, uh, with interaction with, with books, and, uh, and also... If you go to the uh, App Store on your iPhone or iPad, you can find the Canoe, K-I-N-O-O, app for free, up to an hour a month of a video play with our character, with our prompts, with our games, and that's available now today. And so try it out. All you do is you each download it on your, on your device. Um, you'll register. Then you'll, one person will invite the other. Once that's set up, the child or the grandparent can just open the app, push a button, be connected, and, uh, and play and connect. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Great information. I've been talking to Jim McGrath, entrepreneur, educator. Um, Thank you so much. Great show. Thanks, Catherine. Enjoy it. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 